0: Our MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the 10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnick. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Helasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Financing Solutions has been around for 12 years. We provide easy to set up lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about a line of credit for your business, which I would always recommend having a line of credit in place, just in case, please visit our website, website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing list. I love learning from people with business experience, and today I am very excited to be speaking with Christy Turley. Christy Turley is a visionary leader who guides entrepreneurs and executives to uncover their hidden genius zones and intuitive superpowers so that they can express their truest selves and find lasting fulfillment. Her earlier experience is growing two international startups to more than $30 million total Earning a placement in the Inc. 500 and working with many Fortune 500 executives provides Christy with a unique insight into why high performers can experience burnout. They downplay or uh, uh, downplay or they ignore their intuition. She believes that intu- intuitive intelligence is the key to innovative, sustainable solutions that will change the world. Christy is also the author of the in Intuition-led business, has shared the stage with many New York Times bestselling authors, and is the host of the Higher Genius Podcast, where she interviews top entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders. Christy, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA Podcast.
1: Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So today's uh, topic, uh, how business owners can be better in problem-solving, decision-making, and innovative breakdowns. Uh, breakthroughs. breakthroughs.
1: <laughs> but sometimes breakdowns come first. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that, that, that starts, makes you want to take a step back, but breakthroughs. Uh, so if you had to summarize today's topic into one word of, of a, a solution for how business owners can better be better in problem solving decision maker, making an innovative breakthroughs, what it, would that one word be?
1: It's your superpower. Intuition is your superpower.
0: gotcha. and and in your uh, thought process here, uh, you, we do not use our superpower enough,
1: no. In fact, society and Parenting in general, they downplay intuition and it's all about the facts, the evidence I mean school beats you at, beats it out of you you know even creativity gets gets taken out um, of of you when you're growing up so yeah, it's a huge huge thing to remember and to reclaim
0: yeah, you know um I heard this once I think I believe I had read it too um that 80% of all entrepreneurs are dyslexic. Now I have dyslexia. All right. And I know quite a number of people who are entrepreneurs who are dyslexic. I, you know, I, I questioned the 80%. I really should kind of look it up, but I, I'll tell you the reason why it fits into what you're talking about. And that is, when you're dyslexic and you're in school, at least it used to be this way before. I mean, school has, schools have really come a long way as far, as far as addressing learning disabilities, and everybody seems to have a different way of learning, which schools recognize. At least, listen, I'm in New Jersey, and the Jersey school districts are really good. I mean, they're all really good. And we, um, so, but um, when you're dyslexic, you do not follow the rules. So, you know, when you're talking about school, um, how schools make you want to, you know, do it in a certain way, dyslexics find another way of getting it done. And that's very entrepreneurial when you find. Would you, have you seen that as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I also heard a similar statistic about ADHD. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I very much agree. And I, I, I'm glad you brought up how we learn in school because this plays in quite a bit to intuition. You know, as you may know, there's four or five different learning styles. So in school, recall which one you were as I go through this. So there's visual learners. So you liked graphs and PowerPoints, or if you're old enough, transparencies on the projector, <laughs> pictures. And then there's verbal or auditory learners. Some argue those could be two separate categories. And those are people who learn best when they read or they hear it. And then there's kinesthetic learners, those who learn best by doing, by experiencing and playing. And then there are social learners who do best by discussing or doing group work. And the way we learn is actually extremely connected to how we best tap into our intuition. There's no one size fits all, and I've found that if you want to learn what kind of intuitive superpower you have, which I can talk more about, then you first actually have to start with how you best learn.
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, I learned that at forty. Um, it took me that long to because school wasn't geared that the time. Now it is. Now it's very much geared that. Well, at least at least in New Jersey, I see it. Um, the and let's go back to something you said, and about sure. the superpower, right? And you said both. Let's you know apply that idea to both our jobs, our careers, our 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 businesses, and and our parent uh, for parents parenting too. So I firmly believe that if you can match your superpower to either what you do for a living, then you are gonna find your your uh, your niche, so to speak. Yes. So, like with me, so what happened was at forty, for me, and it's gonna fit into what you're talking about. So, um, I I learned that I had a photographic memory with visual images, and so what I noticed was uh, I we were I was doing a major renovation. Uh, I bought a building, a large building. And I was doing a major renovation on it. And then I was also doing a major renovation on my home. These are big projects. And I was really good at it. I was able to like have a CAD drawing in my head and see every inch of every part of my helm, of my of the building. And I was able to take what was going there and visualize where it was going to go. And so what I at the time, so I was getting rid of one business and I said, let me see if I can use that superpower and turn that into another business. Um, and so, and then the same thing goes for my parenting style, which is I try to find the superpower in my children. And so I can encourage them and help them find career paths that fit their superpower that they you know I make them aware of them so uh does that fit into what you say when it comes Absolutely. to superpowers
1: yeah mm. yeah it, it they're they're interconnected so the way that you learn the way that you process information the way that you receive inspiration from extraordinary means they're all interconnected because this is how you experience the world. This is how you were hardwired, you know, it's in your DNA. This is your dominant superpower. So if I were to assess you just from what you were saying, you know, you were probably a visual learner in school, shall we say? Like that yep. seems obvious, right? Because the way that you express yourself in the world is more through that visual medium. Okay, now let's move over into intuition, which is a subject that most people don't know a lot about. And in fact, they can get a little bit muddied in the waters because they start to think, well, what is this? Is this like ESP? Is this like psychics? Like, oh, you know, I don't I don't believe in that. And the thing about it is extrasensory perception. or you could call it your sixth sense, we all have physical senses. And those physical senses actually translate into different six senses that interconnect with your physical senses. And I can explain what that means. So with sight, with your vision, that's your eyes, right? That's That's the physical sense of sight. Well, when we're talking about on the sixth sense, the unseen, the non-physical senses, that plays directly into your intuition. So when you're visioning, when you're getting ideas, you're probably seeing pictures or movies, or when you're trying to solve a problem, you may see how a certain situation might go. Like if you have a conflict with someone, you might be visualizing you know, in your mind's eye, how that might go, how that might play out. You also might be preparing to speak on stage. And when you do that, you may envision yourself looking confident and everyone applauding. So your intuition can tell you a lot of information. We have three levels of our mind. We have the subconscious, the conscious mind, and the superconscious mind. And I feel that intuition is a little bit of both the subconscious mind, which is beneath your awareness, sub means beneath, conscious means awareness, your conscious mind, we're, we're consciously having a conversation right now. Like We're consciously listening to each other. We are aware of this conversation, that's conscious. And then the super conscious would be like above your con- consciousness or your higher wisdom, your higher genius, the name of my podcast, right? And so we are picking up a lot of information all the time. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're actually not getting probably about 90% of the information that's being transmitted through video because you're missing out on the expressions that we're making and the nodding, you know, and the look of awe or wonder, you know, that one of us might have. And so, the subconscious mind, when you're when when you have a gift of reading the room, which you might, Stephen, you can pick up a lot of information about what's going on in people's heads. You might even see thought bubbles over their heads. Like I bet, I bet this is what they're thinking, you know. And you know, auditory learners can do that too. They can actually hear people's thoughts sometimes. And you've got to trust that. I can go through all the different um, physical senses and how they relate to this, the spiritual senses, if you will, or the intuitive superpowers, whichever most resonates with you. Um, But that's what I would say about you, Stephen. I mean, does that resonate?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, again, I don't want this to be the Steve Halasnik show. So it's, you know, uh, the uh, but, you know, I'll tell you what happened. I, I my favorite author is Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. And Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink. I think it was Blink, where yes. it was uh, about how you should trust your instincts, which is what you're saying as well, uh, Christy. You should trust your instincts as much as trusting data, mm-hmm. right? And so after I read that book, it made a huge influence on my life in that what I, what I would do uh, is now, what I do now is I listen to my instincts, but but when I make like a scientist, when there's a hypothesis that my instincts are telling me, I then try to find data to support the instincts. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, we all meet a lot of people who think that they're a great judge of character and they're instinctually they make good decisions. But let me tell you something. I'll I'll, I'll put some. Data behind this too, but how do they know that they are right a lot more than not? And they don't. They the people. So what? What's interesting is with the company I have right now, Financing Solutions. When my business partner and I first got involved, in it we both had several companies. We had had both several companies, and so we thought when we first got into this business of providing lines of credit to businesses, we we're like, oh we since we've had you know several companies each we will be able to interview people and l- listen to them and we'll be able to tell in many cases who's lying and who's not right and over a period of time we found that we cannot trust our instincts that the data that we ask people to provide the tax returns the bank statements that is the true test, and that our instincts are what we should not trust now we do use our when we when we do uh have a first meeting with a potential client we do look for red flags right and that's you know intuitive based um so that way we can narrow it down to to have a higher probability that we're going to be dealing with uh someone we can work we can work with a you know a, a company so i i would say is i would tell you that i i trust my instincts a lot less than i did when i was like 30 because i've said wow i've seen the results because we were able to measure the lack of uh positive outcomes from us making intuitive decisions. So does that contradict what you're saying?
1: No, not at all. There, there's a time and a place to use your intuition and there's a time and a place to use evidence. A lot of times intuition can lead you to the right data and the right evidence. However, when you also go searching for evidence to support your intuition, you're leaning into what's called confirmation bias so you must be very careful because you could miss something if you're too biased. Now, I would make a distinction between intuition and instincts. Okay, you're probably not going to hear this from a lot of people because a lot of people think instincts is like your gut, like it's your gut reaction. Like, yes, that can give you good information, especially if your stomach goes a little in knots, you're like, I don't feel comfortable here. Like you listen to that. And that by the way, is a clear feeling. That's the superpower called clear feeling. That's different than clear seeing, which is what we were talking about you earlier. There's all these different senses and people have different dominant senses. So what I would tell you is the difference between instinct and intuition is instinct can come from ego. Now, before you get all your feathers ruffled, I'm not saying that, Steven, you're egoic. We all have egos. It's a necessary part of being human. Without an ego, we wouldn't be able to have the drive and the motivation and the confidence to be successful in business, okay? What I'm saying is sometimes you've got to drop that ego. You've got to drop the biases that you might have. And by the way, there's over 100 unconscious biases that they have classified in psychology, over 100. And the thing about unconscious bias is, again, it's, you're not aware of it. You know, there's things, you know, like we know English, right? We're talking English right now. There's things, you know, that you don't know, like maybe you don't know Latin, you know, maybe you don't know Greek, okay? Okay. And then there's things you don't know that you don't know, and that is unconscious. That is what is found in the subconscious mind. And so what I'm saying is that sometimes to get to the root of a problem, you must dig deeper. You know, we have different levels of problems, and the problem is, with problem solving, (laughs) is that most people are looking at the surface problems, the superficial problems. Problems, the ones that are on the surface. And those can be distractions because they can hide what the true root problem is. You've got to dig deeper to get to the root. So I'll give you an example. In my past life here with careers, I led an award winning marketing agency for 17 years and worked with a lot of Fortune 500 brands as well as startups, the the whole gamut, right? And I was really good at problem solving and I would dig deeper than most people. And I would have a hunch, you know, again, that's that gut, that instinct, you know, and then I would dig a little deeper and a little deeper and lo and behold, I'd find it. But a lot of times, as Napoleon Hill said, you know, you're three feet from gold. Which is a reference to the gold rush. He hired someone to help him mine mine gold and they ended up not, you know, quitting. Before they could find the gold, someone else bought all the equipment and found it three feet later. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the thing about problem solving is, you know, here's, an, here's two solid examples from the business world. So one company came to us and said, you know, we just redesigned our website and we've seen our sales tank, even though the web design was so much better than what we had before. And we think that it's a lot more user-friendly, we use surveys, we use data, we use customer feedback. Like we feel like we're in the right here, but the data is showing otherwise. The data is showing that it's actually declining sales and we can't take much more of this. So I looked into the analytics using my intuition, as well as data-gathering evidence. And I looked and I said, hmm, I wonder what's over here. And I wonder what's over here. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I said, you know what? I know what your problem is. Your problem is, you didn't know this before, but 80% of your web traffic was coming from the search engines. And when you redesigned the website, you didn't think about search engine optimization. So therefore, you've become invisible to the search no. engines and 80% of your traffic has disappeared overnight. So it's not a design issue, it's not a usability issue, it's a search engine issue. Yeah. And so when we identified the problem, we sent them a proposal, we we're like here you go, and we got paid, right? Now, here's another example. Another client, you know, tech company has over 100 franchises, so this is a nine-figure business. The other business I was talking about was a seven-figure, so couple of examples here. And they were basically addicted to this one promotion that they always did. And it was a buy one, get one promotion. Every time they did it, they saw their sales increase until they didn't. Okay. So what's the problem here? They just need to change it up, right? Probably. Well, that's part of it. And we looked at it and we said, okay, you know, I used, I have my, my intuitive superpowers are the clear seeing and the clear hearing. And I'm, I'm like literally like hearing ideas and thoughts that come from a place that is like a muse. You know, this is what inventors and the best authors have explained away their brilliance to the muse, right? The, these ideas that seem to come out of nowhere. And there, there are scientific reasons for that as well as supernatural, if I can go there. And I remembered sitting in on a presentation that was given years back um, when this company was fundraising. And this was a presentation given to potential investors. And what I remembered was the origin story of this business. They had forgotten their origin story. And when we looked at that origin story very touchy feely story about a father's love for his daughter and how it led him to create 20 plus patents that created this technology. We wrote that into a direct mail piece. We did more research on the demographics, found an even better direct mail list. Now, Stephen, uh, an ROI, a marketing ROI, when all is said and done, a six to one ROI is pretty good. Would you say? Like Hell yeah. Put a dollar in and you get $6 back, right? Well, with this new campaign, it was a 30 to 1 ROI, okay? And not only did it increase customers, but it increased franchises and repeat business for the next 10 years. And to my knowledge, this control, this new control, that's what we call it in the business, (laughs) <laughs> the, the the thing that you compare all future promotions to this new control that was 30 to one has never been beat. So that, those are two very, I feel strong examples of how your intuition can play into problem solving and how it can actually push you to dive deeper into a situation and find solutions that you may not have seen in the first place. And that's what I call a breakthrough.
0: Now you're, you're coaching people now, yes. Is, right? Okay. So, when you're coaching some people and you're meeting them for the first time um if you find that someone is using their intuition too much, do you look for that like how do you know- you know you'll say, "Well, how do you know that's true?" and they'll say, "Oh, well, I just feel it right um how do you work with them to help them understand? that that's not really always the best way of looking at things. Although, you know, in this podcast, we're talking about how to use your intuition more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I, and I was going to go that direction too, but but for somebody who uses their intuition uh, too much, what's the telling sign? For somebody who doesn't use their intuition enough, what's their telling sign?
1: So I would say, you know, this also connects to personality types. So people who tend to be more intuitive tend to test high in the Myers-Briggs personality test as intuitive, that's not always the case, but it can be. And this personality type will tend to use their intuition a lot more. It's kind of like the difference between a police officer and a detective. A police officer is one who uses their five senses a lot. The detective uses the five senses and their sixth sense to get a break in the case. I mean, we've seen it over and over on TV and in the movies, right? This is in real life. I mean, I've talked to them before, you know? It's like, this is the key difference. But for someone who uses their intuition almost too much, it can become an issue because they can start to get lost in the possibilities. And there can be a lack of action because there's too many possibilities floating around. And the thing that anchors you, the thing that really can anchor you into, well, what's the one best, you know, what's the golden opportunity here? I see all these opportunities, but what's the one golden opportunity? That's when you have to have training almost to really get how your body interacts with truth. Now, did you know that our body knows truth? I'm sure you've seen it on those police shows, those lie detector tests. Okay? Yeah. So, what happens when you tell it tr- when you tell a lie is you're there's a little electrical impulse that is sent. And when you tell truth, there is another s- impulse sent. And I don't know if you've ever been to a workshop like this, Stephen, but you kind of need a partner for this. But I can I can show you the way to do it without a partner. But if you really want to tap into truth, like what's happening here, and, and be careful because this could be just my truth. Not, I always say there's three types of truth. There's the truth, like the whole truth, which is difficult to see because it takes multiple perspectives. There is my truth. And then there's your truth, right? That's like goes to the the parable of the five blind men around the elephant. They're all blind. They're touching the elephant in different parts, you know, like the tail. Oh, I think it's, you know, like like a brush or something. Oh, the trunk. I think it's like, you know, a tree. Like they all get a different perspective. But if they all talk to each other, they get a more holistic perspective. And that's what I mean by the truth, right? It's really difficult for us to define the truth. Back to the exercise. If you have a partner next to you, you can do a quick muscle testing exercise. You hold your arm out to your side and you state your name. My name is Christy, for example, if I were doing this. And you have your partner try to push down on your arm while you're pushing up. Okay? You're trying to keep your arms strong. Now, when when I do this with a partner, my saying, my name is Christy, it's going to remain strong. Happens every time. But if I say, my name is Steven, it's going to go weak. No matter how buff you are, it's going to go weak. Now, you can do this with yourself. The easiest way to do it is the sway test. Okay? So I'm, I happen to be standing. I have a standing desk. So you can, and you have to test it against, just like in a lie detector test, you have to test it against a baseline. So my baseline can be, my name is Christy, right? I haven't moved. I did not move. Okay. My name is Steven. I'm going to just let my body go weak. And I just stepped back a little bit. Now for people who are skeptics, This is a little shortcut to really find out, well, how do I really feel about this situation? Because your body, the electricity running through your body will not lie to you. So, but you have to be careful. You can't be testing, going around testing other people's truths, right? Like, are you know, you can probably tell if someone's lying to you. You know, you've got a spidey sense going on. Your subconscious mind is probably telling you something. And you could probably do that. But I just caution you, you know, to to look at things from multiple perspectives. Again, those three types of truth. Because like you said, you've got to also look at, at the analytics. You've got to look at the evidence. Balancing that with your intuition. It's so important. Yeah, and making that intuition is out of, out of the realm. Like it's almost up-leveled from instinct. Yeah, I... It, instinct I, is, can lead you astray with ego. Yeah. And I,
0: I agree with you. I, I think the thing that I've seen the most, and I think my example of, you know, I was 40 years old. I figured out this, you know, super, um, what was the word? Not super skill. What was the word you use? Super, Superpower. Superpower. Right. Yeah. Um, what what I find with business owners and that you also mentioned Myers Briggs, but, um, yeah. uh, you know, I had taken um, a, 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 you know, a couple of them. And by the way, I used to use a, a form of Myers-Briggs when I hired people, um, you know, as well. Um, you know, the, and that, you know, that brings up another subject, which I'll just say now is like, so with one of the companies I had had, it was the third one where I was like, you know, the key, everyone's talking about the key to a, a, a really good company is the people that you work with and you hire. Right, and the second company I had had, I wasn't exactly happy with the people I, that I had hired for that company, um, and I said, you know, we're, this third company that I'm going to start, I I want to make sure I want to be becoming an expert at hiring the right type of people. So I really kind of dove into the subject matter, and so I read this really good book, and the book said one of it said two things that I think are really appropriate. One was don't Clear your, when someone comes in to interview you, I'm sorry, when someone comes in for an interview, don't make any decisions for the first 15 minutes. Don't like, you know, listen, I'll, I'll say this out loud. You know, when a beautiful woman would walk in, it, it would cloud my judgment, right? When somebody who was, um, you know, didn't seem to fit the part, uh, from an appearance standpoint, it would cloud my judgment. Right. So where there's all these things I'd say is, okay, let me put these things away. Okay. And they, they, and then the second thing that that would happen is they, they said, when you have intuition about something, they call it find an anchor to support it. So if someone says, Oh, I could be great at this job. I know I can be great at it. This is an easy one to figure out. But then you'd say, okay, tell me where you've done this job before, this type of work before, and tell me what your success was at this. That's an anchor. All right. So someone would say, I'm a really hard worker, right? Which to me, uh, you know, everybody th- says that and, you know, it means something different. I'd say, it's okay, tell me what you mean by that. That's an anchor. So you're, you're kind of, again, using the intuition with data to kind of, you know, especially in interviewing, it's really, really hard to do. Um, but the other thing I was about to say is if you're an owner of your business, part of becoming a good owner is learning more about yourself. I think the, you know, taking personality assessments, um, I had done it through this book called Now Discover Your Strengths. Um, and, and, you know, asking other people, you also learn from feedback from your employees, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Normally, you find out what you're not good at from your employees. Um, and I think, you know, it comes back to knowing yourself. And my experience is, is that you become a better business owner, um, a better leader, a better manager. You have better business when you really understand your skill set, and also potentially when you see the superpowers of the people you're surrounded with. Um, that that has been always really helpful for me. When I would, you know, my second in command, I found, you know, some things that she was so good at that I wasn't. And then when it came time to do those things, I said, you know, Christine, you do this stuff because you're really good at it. Um, what, what do you have to say in that regards?
1: So I I think you're spot on. I feel like, you know, learning more about yourself. Like I, I have been a personality assessment junkie in my life. I admit it freely. And I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with, I've worked with thousands. I mean, on a deep level, one-on-one, like I've gotten to know a lot of people. I'm not talking about just teaching a course, right? It's one-to-one. And I can tell you that a lot of the entrepreneurs and executives that have difficulty working with people, it's because they lack a connection with themselves. And the more you can connect with yourself through different practices, different exercises, the more you can connect with yourself, the easier you're going to be able to connect with others and the easier you're going to be able to connect or create messaging that creates connection with your customers, Yep. your team and your customers. So I would say that's number one, because the thing that separates people from being bad at intuition and good at intuition, like we all have intuition, but the discernment piece, being able to discern Between that's a bias, that's a projection, that's actual intuition and inspiration that comes with practice as well. It's a muscle that we train just like going to the gym. You know, you could you could be like really weak and like barely be able to like lift five pounds or you could be like a muscle builder, you know, who's like lifting, you know, 300 pounds. You know, it's how much have you practiced using this muscle that we're all born with? And I don't buy into the fact that there are people that are just born with psychic gifts or intuition or whatever. Like we all have it. We all have it. But I would say the thing that separates the people who are who are uh, okay and the people who are really good is this discernment piece. I have a whole spectrum that I've actually mapped out of the 10 phases of intuitive development that's available on my blog. On, uh, I'm sure you could put it in the show notes if you want, christyturley.com slash blog. And at the beginning of the spectrum is the people who rely on their instincts or think their instincts are fact, which kind of plays into what we were talking about before yep. with the people who are too into their intuition or too into their gut instincts all the way to 10 on this on this map that I've created, where people are able to really get out of their ego and set that aside and be able to discern, what do I need to look into more here? What can I really lean on as evidence? And what's false evidence appearing real? So resumes, for example, a lot of people hire based upon resumes or they choose who they're going to interview based upon a resume resume. But not everyone is great at making a resume. And instead, like even even personality assessments, they can be one perspective. They test for one thing. And some of the best hiring tools that I have seen integrate multiple modalities to be able to tell what is someone's strengths, what are someone's motivations? What do they do under stress? Do they have a match to what the job is? Like, for example, if you're in healthcare at the front desk, you've got to have a certain level of empathy and ability to be under high stress, right? But if that person doesn't test well, you know, in those areas, you know that that's not your person. They might be great in the back office. Yeah. Their resume may say different. Their resumes may say, oh, they've had like, you know, all these jobs and they've stayed there a long time, you know, but it's not using their genius. So your hidden genius, which when you read my bio, that's one of the things I help people do is find their zone of genius, the thing that only they can do and their intuitive superpowers. Like those are so important to understand yourself as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, to be able to. Really navigate uncharted waters, you know, to navigate uncertain situations or high-stake experiences, and it's it's a skill I feel like not enough people pay attention to, but it's there. It's there for you to build as a muscle.
0: I, I completely agree with you, and I think that you know, I think if we have anything that someone wants to take away from this podcast is um, that you use your intuition keep it in check though. Um, Try to base data as well. And uh, all, all true. And then I think the last thing was, well, I'll, I'll wrap it up at the end with, with what my takeaway was for today, but would you agree with what I just said?
1: Yeah, I would. And I would love to add something. I actually have this posted on my Facebook wall. It's how do you turn off intuition? And I'd, I'd love to read this little checklist for people if, if you, you're open to it. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to pull it up here. <clears throat> this is kind of like a, an intuitive hit. I got to read this, right? So that's one of your first steps in strengthening your intuition is to find out what can turn it off. So what can turn it off is being polite and following social norms without questioning them. Feeling like you have no right to feel the way that you do, that shuts it down. Listening to so- social conditioning or those biases that we were talking about to use your head and logic only, to the exclusion of your intuition, of course. Needing approval or acceptance from others, that speaks to the, the huge need to become more connected to yourself. Feeling uncomfortable with the unknown I mean, if there's anything true about the last couple of years, it's been there's a lot of unknown and a lot of uncertainty. So it's time to get comfortable with that and know that you can navigate yourself through it. Another way we turn it off is believing that I am right. That's a huge one. That's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Believing I am right and being closed off to other possibilities. Believing that others are right and deferring to their expertise. When you hire a consultant to or throw money at a situation without digging deeper, we talked about that, right? Taking the evidence, facts, data, science, or the real world as the ultimate truth. No, again, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Relying on your emotions to tell the truth. Your emotions can be sometimes the most unstable part of you, you yeah. know? And that is not intuition. It's not the feeling you get, I mean, Like there are situations you could be at a rock concert and you're feeling elevated emotion is what psychologists call that. That's not your intuition. It's not it's not the same. And believing that something is supposed to be that way because you learned it, heard it or read it somewhere. Like these are also like the Googlers, like the Internet always tells the truth. Believing that truth is binary, like it's a yes or it's a no or it's a right or a wrong or a good or a bad. Truth is much more multidimensional than that. And finally, probably the most important is doubting yourself. And this, again, is where connecting with yourself, getting to know yourself is so huge because I will tell you right now. Most of the people listening to this podcast, I'm gonna make a prediction. I mean, this is this is just a prediction, okay? No one get offended. But most entrepreneurs, because they live so much in the in the doing and the building, they can be very disconnected from their intuition and very disconnected from themselves. And that is just because of how we're wired. We're wi- wired to be warriors, we're wired to plow through and move ahead. But sometimes your body's sending you signals that you need to rest, that you need to have balance. And that ignoring that, downplaying that is what causes burnout.
0: Yeah, I like, I just like the way you just ended that. I think, you know, I I completely agree with you. Well, I'll wrap it up at the end, uh, but we got to kind of wrap this up. Unfortunately, I'd like to thank so very much uh, Christy Turley for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, And please, if you like today's podcast or any of the other ones, please give us a five star review. And if you're looking for a line of credit, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's F-S as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Christy, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that?
1: They can check out my book, The Intuition-Led Business, or listen to my podcast, The Higher Genius Podcast. And I have a couple of cool goodies on my website if you want, if you like personality tests and assessments. I have a couple of intuition quizzes on my site as well. So um, I'll make sure Stephen has those for the show notes.
0: Yeah, and if you want to visit her, uh, Christy's website, it's C H R I S T I E T dot ycom Christy, thank you for coming on today. It was a great podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to do a summary wrap up. And I think my summary wrap, wrap up is as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I hate the word entrepreneur, but to be yeah. honest with you, I think it sounds too highfalutin. But as a business um, owner, you- Yeah, you, or CEO you,
1: or business owner, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: You, ha- you have to learn about yourself. And, and if you're always doing, 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 and you don't take a step back, you are never going to grow as a business owner. You're never going to grow. You're never going to become a, a great business owner, even a good business owner. You have only through introspect, introspection and in, in, um, in other uh, ways of kind of understanding yourselves, yourself, will you become better at what you do? More efficient, more successful, happier, make more money. You know, all those things are wrapped around. Uh, once you stop growing as a as a business owner, uh, even as a person, uh, you, your chance of success in what you're trying to accomplish diminishes greatly. It's only through learning will you have the power to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. And I think Christy's really telling us about that. What is your superpower? What are you really good at? What are you not good at? You know, I don't know any executive who's been uh, doing it for a while who doesn't know that really, really well. All right, everybody have a great day. Enjoy yourselves, take good care of yourself uh, and make sure you take a step back to understand yourself really, really well. Have a great day.